Hi, B11. Um, welcome to For Equity. This is Zoe, and I'm your equity liaison. And hi, I'm Alexis, your director of equity and inclusion. We're glad you could join us today. Today, we're going to talk a lot about our equity audit and findings, and we wanted to start with finding zero. Finding zero is like patient zero. Every one of our findings can be related back to finding zero. And finding zero from our equity audit said that D11 has gaps between schools and gaps within schools. Um, when you say gaps, Alexis, what do you mean? Oh, like what? gaps of achievement. Okay. Um, when, so we have achievement categories of like high and low, right? And we talked about this last week, remember, who occupies the highest and lowest achievement categories. So okay. if some kids take a test and we have a group of kids who are impacted by poverty and then we have a group of kids who are not, the mm -hmm. gaps between, um, say the kids who are not impacted score on 100 and the kids who are impacted score a 50, that's a gap of 50 points. Okay, okay. All right. So we have gaps between schools and within schools. Did you want to talk about what that means when we have between school gaps and within school gaps? Yeah, so between schools, so we look at our district as a whole and each of our schools as, you know, their own entities. Um, and so when we have gaps between schools, we've got schools that are doing better than other schools. Schools where um, we have large populations of or concentrations of um, certain identifiers like poverty or race or um, socioeconomic, you know, whatever. We've got these pockets of people in these schools and so schools that are highly impacted um, have larger gaps than schools who are not highly impacted, right? Right, so that's our or organizational inequity, folks. Mm -hmm. So that's looking at, you know, the district as an aerial view. Um, our organization has some issues. And gaps within schools are when s pockets of kids are doing better than other pockets of kids in these individual entities. A absolutely. So we talked to you guys last time about like how do we make equity personal and like what our relationship to it was. And we really feel like storytelling mm -hmm. and narratives is how we bring folks together and how we get people to understand this work that is super complicated, right? And super, <laughs> yeah. um, right now it's very, it's the hot button issue. Yeah. So when we talk about gaps between schools and gaps within schools, that sounds all very scientific and all very researchy and it's very cold, right? There's mm -hmm. not real kids and real people associated with that. Right. So when I think about gaps within schools, I think about the babies that I've had the opportunity to be around and the opportunity to, to be a part of their lives and understand how their educational process was going. And mm -hmm. when I would work within certain schools, I could see how we had some of these gaps and some of these disproportionalities. I'm thinking in particular about a young man. He was um, in second grade and I was a learning coach, a teaching and learning coach at that time. Mm -hmm. And he was the sweetest kid, but he didn't speak English well. He was one of our English language learners. Mm -hmm. And we found in our district that we have gaps big gaps with our schools that have a concentration of English language learners mm -hmm. um, for special or for GT, for achievement, all of those things. So he was an English language learner. Parents didn't speak a lot of English, so they really couldn't advocate for him. And I was only a teaching and learning coach, right? So I didn't have a lot of power to make folks do what I wanted them to do. Right. So this baby takes his COGAT. 
And if you know anything about COGAT, COGAT is a test, um, I don't remember, cognitive ability test, I think, I don't remember what it stands for, but it's a test that we give to second graders and I think again in seventh grade for GT, um, for gifted and talented. And so he takes his COGAT and he scores in the 98th percentile for the for the quantitative portion of the test. Yeah, yeah right? Like all <laughs> yes. the snaps. This kid is clearly gifted because yeah. most kids can't do that. Right. Um, and I go to talk to his teacher because I'm the teaching and learning coach and I'm mm -hmm. like, you, you need to build this, this kiddo an advanced learning plan. And she says, I'm not. I said, excuse me? <laughs> Like what? But you, you well, should. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> right? Please. <laughs> right. You know the shock and all is on my yeah. face because I have no like poker face. No you know filters. that. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, right? Like doing the ugly face. And she said, he can't read, write, or speak English. He's clearly not gifted. <gasps> Yo. Oh. I tell you guys, like I was livid. And the only thing I could do was like go talk to my boss and like mm -hmm. try and implore and trying to implore her about why she needed to write this baby's ALP. But that is how we end up with some of these disproportionalities and these mm -hmm. gaps within and between schools, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's an example of a gap within a school where a teacher was acting as a gate, gatekeeper um, and also contributing to our really high disproportionality in GT. Right. So. That's how I make equity personal. I can put a face and a name to every single one of these findings that we found, and, mm -hmm. and that's, that's the one. And it's, it's sad, because I don't know if he ever got his ALP. I left the school the next year. I don't know if he received <sighs> gifted services. I don't know what happened to that baby, but unfortunately, like, it's very likely that he didn't get what he needed. Yeah, we didn't serve him. Well, yeah. or at all. <laughs> yeah, that's really frustrating. Um, my, I guess, story that makes it personal for me, um, in the school that I worked in, I had, you know, I was one of <coughs> very few teachers of color, the only black teacher there. And so I had, even if they weren't my students, they were my little babies and they mm -hmm. would come to me and, mm -hmm. you know, have lunch with me and be in my classroom to work and all of these things, just like my little brown kids. And, um, one and wait I don't want you to gloss over that because I think it's okay. important we've talked a lot about and we will talk about this in other shows but right. the importance of having parity and like teacher education or teach and educators of color mm -hmm. um, and having more representation um, I don't want people to hear you talking about your little brown kids and thinking there's something like the de deficit about you oh um, really and truthfully yeah. like when kids are able to see themselves at school um, that does something for them, and the research supports that, right? Yeah, but they, it, find, they find somebody to connect to who understands their histories, who understands their culture, and who is somebody safe simply because they look the same. Right. Um, and so I was that for <laughs> most of the school population um, at this particular school. And so, you know, I had a, I had a heart for these kids, and... You know, some of them got in trouble sometimes, and some of them were in GT, and some of them, you know, didn't come to school every day, but every time they did come to school, they came to see me. Right. And um, the standards were high, and they worked to achieve those standards, and they just felt like they belonged with me. And so that's what I let happen. Um, but in the same school year, there was a girl who was not part of this group, um, 
but she was in trouble for having a knife in her locker. You know, it wasn't like a pocket knife. It was like a it was like the a, six inches that would have got yeah. you a, a ticket yeah. in any other circumstance. Yeah, okay, I understand. I'm, I'm smelling what you're cooking. Could really do some bodily harm. Um, and, you know, she was in our wing and a lot of the teachers didn't see this coming from her. Um, and so, you know, she didn't do any physical harm to anybody, but the weapon was found and she was suspended for... Uh, 10 days, I think. Okay. It was a two-week suspension. Um, and she was excused from all of the work that she missed while she was out. Okay. And in that same school year, some of my little brown babies, um, they had drug paraphernalia in their lockers. And those kids were expelled. And mm. I came to my principal and or my assistant principal, she was like my work mom. And I was just like, you know, I just don't understand why these two instances were handled so differently. Um, one of these is a weapon and could do real damage to our students or our staff members. And, you know, it's a serious concern. And the other one is just some weed maybe. <laughs> like what's, why does that require expulsion? And her response was that you know, um, it was heard that he was distributing it, distributing this weed to other students. And, but you heard that, and I don't know, it just felt yucky. It felt like a contribution to the school-to-prison pipeline where these black kids didn't get another opportunity to show their worth in this building, and they were probably choiced in or, you know, yes, permitted in, yes, and so there yes. wasn't a lot of a lot of give for them. Right, and this is hard to talk about, right? It makes people super yeah. uncomfortable when we start talking about these gaps um, between and within schools, mm -hmm. right? A lot of times they are race-based gaps, mm -hmm. they are income-based gaps, they are gaps that are unnatural, right, mm -hmm. though, right? So black boys aren't in need of more Grace. discipline, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not in need of more discipline right. in general. We right. create this need for them to have more discipline, right? Mm -hmm. Or we create these ideas, and mostly because we can, we have grace for folks we can see ourselves in, right? Right. Mm -hmm. You and I have had this conversation before. Like I see a lot of myself in you when I was a young teacher, <laughs> and so a lot of times I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm rooting for Zoe because like I see me in her, mm -hmm. and I think that happens too when we're teaching, and so that is what's hard about this work because we yeah. have to be so introspective, and even when our in intent is not to have a negative impact on kids. Some of our practices and some of our biases and some of those yes. things are having a negative impact on kids. Right. Which brings us back to finding zero. Yep. We have gaps in the way that we discipline and our achievement in um, special programming. Like yep. we have gaps all across the district. Um, in the way that we instruct kids and in the way that we function as a district organization in the way that you know these individual schools are functioning and in the way that we are all functioning together. That's 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 exactly it. Which is why we had to bring in air, right? Mm -hmm. So you all keep hearing us talk about air and we promised you that as we started this podcast the whole purpose of it was to educate you and to take you along this journey and to be transparent about our feelings and what we're mm -hmm. doing and how we're working through this and 
and transparency and the fact that it's messy and that Zoe mm -hmm. and I are tasked to lead this work that no one in the city has been tasked to lead, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, this is new for everybody. <laughs> right. So we're not shocked by finding zero and neither should anybody else be, right? Mm -hmm. Like these follow national trends. We know there's gaps across the board everywhere. If you fall into a subgroup of, of a kid of color or poverty or um, a, a non-English language uh, speaker, right? We know our special education, there are mm -hmm. gaps across the board. We know that these are national trends. D11 is not special mm -hmm. in the fact that it bucks national trends, except in one area that we'll talk to you all about yeah. later. But we knew that. So finding zero wasn't shocking to me. So that's why we went out to find AIR, um, the American Institutes for Research. Mm -hmm. So who are they? We've had that question a lot. Who are these people that you've brought into our city? Um, well, AIR is an organization that has 70 years, 70 plus years of experience in working towards policy that creates more equitable spaces for our students. Mm -hmm. They have all this experience in doing equity audits and helping school districts understand the strategies necessary to turn into a more equitable organization. Mm -hmm. um, because it can't happen. There are districts across this country that have started uh, moving towards equity and being less inequitable, right? Right. So we hired AIR and that's who AIR is and we were able to work with probably three of the smartest people that I know, right? Yes. We got Dr. Dia Jackson, who is all into like disproportionality work. She understands special education. I think that's what her doctorate mm -hmm. is in. Um, you know, she understands how disproportionality affects kids mm -hmm. in our districts. Um, then we had Itai Mizrov, who, goodness, has been doing years of work on policy and yes. equity in DC. And doesn't, just do the work he lives the work too yeah is, he does oh, yes so inspiring. He, <laughs> he, he, he leads with this and he's so passionate about everything he does and then we had fanny lee who was i would say she's our air mom she keeps us all <laughs> yeah. together right yeah. she's she's the organizational organizational powerhouse that yeah. like makes sure that we're meeting deadlines so we hired air and we we wrote this long request for proposal like all the stuff that you have to do when you're in a school district and air like rose to the top like heads mm -hmm. and tails above any other company that we competed um this contract for right they were they were just amazing in the way they approached this and i think what really and zoe you weren't with me yet so i'll just mm -hmm. kind of tell this story what Go really ahead, yeah. impressed me was they were like your community are going to be the ones who determine where you are having a hard time all we're going to do is present the data in a way that is accessible to like the layperson. Mm -hmm. And so they took all of our data, like Zoe, all of it. They are like, we need all the financial documents. We need mm. all your achievement documents. We need all your policies. We need all your stuff from professional development. We need, like if you can, if we have something on it, they wanted it. Mm -hmm. um, and if we didn't have something, because Itai is so smart, he's like, don't worry. That's information too. Oh. Right? Right? Yeah. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> like, I see you, okay. Because that tells us where you guys aren't collecting data or yeah. where you're, you know. So they collect all this stuff and they put it in these beautiful, like, charts that are super accessible and they help you understand, like, they have little, like, notes on the side that helped you understand, like, how to read the chart. Wow. And back in April, we'd spent, I think, two and a half, three days with 40 or 50 folks from our community and mm -hmm. they ran the gamut. Like, they were 
clergy in our community. They were higher ed folks in our community. We had people from the city. We had people um, from the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. We had folks from the Urban League. We had parents. We had teachers. We had principals. Wow. Anybody you could think of. And they sent these data packets to them early. The people got to look at it. We had school board members on it. I think Director Jorgensen joined us. And probably, I think it was Director Daniels who joined okay. us. Um, and they all were able to sit and make meaning of this data. And you've seen the data. Mm -hmm. You've seen the raw data. Mm -hmm. And that raw data, every single time, will do what? <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> beat you up. <laughs> yeah, you're like, dang. Wow, OK. Like, have I contributed to this? <laughs> yeah. Because it hurts, right? Uh -huh. It hurts. And the district that you love and that you work for and you want to make a change in mm -hmm. might not actually be doing the right thing. And yeah, it does. It stings. It stings a little bit because, you know, <laughs> have I, again, have I contributed to this? Have I done something wrong? And probably, yeah. I bet you I have. Right, and I don't want you to think that we don't ever have uncomfortable <laughs> moments because we do. Like, yeah. I sit in that and I'm like, God, that was problematic when yeah. I was teaching second grade in 2004. Like, what did I do to that why, kid, right? Yeah, why did I show up in this classroom thinking that I was the smartest one in the room? There it is. That, that was a bad thing that I did. Right, and, and so. It's okay to be wrong. And as so long as you address it. We're learning yeah. that, right? Yeah. We're learning that. And so we do this process. The kids, you know, the 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 community members come up with these findings. And mm -hmm. then AIR takes us back through the process with a smaller group, same same cohort, but made it smaller to about 20 people, 15 to 20 people. And they went through a root cause analysis process to kind of understand what was happening mm -hmm. in our district. And our community member came up with our root cause. So this is not a report from AIR. You know, I, I, I've heard it from our community. You've brought these people into our community. We don't know them. They're this, they're that. Mm -hmm. Assigning whatever pol politics to this group. But the truth is, these findings and these root causes and all of it were developed by the people who live in our community. And mm -hmm. not, I did not weight the team. I did not specifically look for people who believed about equity in a certain way. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be pushed, I wanted to be challenged, I wanted to be uncomfortable in the process, right? Because we can't start with faulty data, right? We needed right. to have the right data. And this is where, this is what our community agreed to. Our community of teachers, our community of parents, our community of, of administrators, our community of business people, our community of right. um, you know, healthcare professionals that were there in higher ed, like they agreed to these findings and finding zero was one of them. There are clearly gaps hmm. between so schools and within schools. So that's our baseline. That's, you know, now that we know that we've contributed to this and this right. is, this is where we are, this is our baseline. We have a place to go and that, as much as it hurts to know that there are gaps and we have you know, left this educational debt to yes. a, a huge groups of our students, it feels good to know that there's a starting place, that there is, you know, Absolutely. there's a place to go from here now that we know where we are, right? And there are strategies yes. and there are, promising practices across this country and probably even within our district mm -hmm. that can should make us hopeful yeah because when i say unnatural gaps 
that should make you hopeful. That means that these kids who are not doing well in our system have hope. Yeah. Unnatural we can gas. Fix it. <laughs> means there's nothing wrong with them. Yeah. It's, Something it's, wrong with what we're doing. Yeah. And yeah, it stings, but it's like, oh, okay, okay, I can fix it though. There's I a can path fix forward. It. There's yeah. a path forward. Um, so Air asked these guiding questions, and I and I'm not gonna talk about all of them in detail. But I really think it's important for our public to understand that this was a science. Mm. This was not, even though I don't think there's anything wrong with qualitative data. Let me just be very clear with that. But mm -hmm. this was, the process was very scientific, right? Okay, like yeah. it was like they followed a process that should give our community and us confidence in the way that they do things. So they mm -hmm. asked these questions like, is your system funded equitably? Do all kids have access to quality and highly effective teachers regardless of where they live or what color their skin is or whatever there is? Um, do teachers have access to a good PD, culturally yeah. relevant PD? PD is professional development to all our lay folks out there. Do teachers have access and do students have access to a healthy school culture and climate? So they were asking all of these questions and I was like, huh. I wonder how that's going to turn out. And and needless to say, for the most part, <sighs> pointed some fingers. And yeah, the, we've got we've got answers now. <laughs> yeah, the questions aren't Yeah, the the answer was probably no to yeah. most of the questions, right? Yeah. It, it is what it is, right? Yeah. It, it is what it is. We know where to go now. But going back to our first episode with you, when we talked about having a board and mm -hmm. having a superintendent and being given the resources and giving a policy which governs all of this, hiring air was also something that our superintendent and our board had to get behind. Mm -hmm. um, and hiring air allowed us to take all of our personal feelings out of this. This is not me telling you, Zoe, about how you are terrible for kids. Right. Right? This. This, this is a is, process, is a research process. Yes, this is an outside source just handing us some information. They don't have a dog in the fight, right? Yeah, they, yeah they're not impacted by what we do or do not do with this information. But our kids are impacted by what we do or don't do. And I think that's the bottom line as we get ready to wrap this up. The bottom line for Zoe and I, and we hope everybody in this district, is that kids are our bottom line. Mm -hmm kids are our bottom line and um, we want to do what's good for kids because I say it over and over and over again and people are probably tired of hearing it but I don't want to get to a situation where we have a kid's future foreclosed upon because of something we didn't do mm -hmm. because of a way that we didn't act organizationally and in the classroom. Right. Because I'm not letting central admin off the hook, y'all. <laughs> no, like, yeah. It's not just yeah. teachers. It's all of us in this mm -hmm. organization that have some work to do about our policies and our practices mm -hmm. that ensure that all kids can learn. Yeah. And it's not recognizing that you have work to do isn't it's not a referendum on your personality yeah, and your morality. Yeah. I don't like you less because I think that you have work to do. I, I have work to do. And that doesn't, acknowledging that doesn't get me off of the hook that I, you know, that, that. You gotta do the work. Yeah, I still have to do it. <laughs> um, but I think it gives me hope, just like 
you know, for our district, we know what we need to do and there is a path forward. Absolutely. And we wouldn't have that path if we never recognized the work that there is to do. So what's your hot take? What's your, what's your final thoughts, your final oh. lesson for, for, the, for, the, for the people out there, Zoe? Don't take it personally. Recognize it and work forward. I like that. Don't take it personally. And I guess I'll just piggyback on that. My lesson for all y'all, <laughs> what, what we're <laughs> teaching you today, on top of don't take it personally, is the data is the data, mm -hmm. right? And, and I'm going to steal words from Dr. Kaliki because he's one of the smartest men I know in this organization, where he says data is to be developmental, not judgmental. Mm -hmm. We want to develop the people in this organization into an equity thinking, into having equity lenses. We're not judging y'all. The, yeah. the data is developmental, not judgmental. Um, and we want to make sure that we're working towards the right outcomes for all of our students because it means too much mm -hmm. if we don't. So that's it for equity. Zoe and I are signing out. We hope you'll join us next time as we talk more about our findings and what brought us here as we connect personally to the work, as we talk about the things that we're going to do to make sure that all of our kids have the outcomes they deserve. And as D11 starts to embark on creating ecosystems of equity. Thank you for joining us.